Welcome, Jenny Lopez, to American Narratives. Uh, a little about, about a little bit about Jenny. Jenny Lopez embodies um, bring yourself to work in everything that she does. She empowers diversity and engages employees and organizations to achieve new highs. Her superpower is her authenticity. She realized that her strengths are a combination of her Latinx heritage, passions, and learnings from being a mom. Intentionally using her strengths has been the secret towards her personal and professional successful growth journey. Jenny is originally from Puerto Rico and moved to to the U.S. to complete her master's degree in chemical engineering. Her engineering career includes roles in both manufacturing and quality, including site head roles and the business side as senior leader and chief operating officer. Jenny is also an executive board member for the Organization of Latinx at her company, focusing on developing and accelerating Latinx talent. In parallel, she has also found success in her dancing and fitness careers, which we'll learn a little bit more here in the podcast. Jenny is frequently invited as a guest speaker at many local and national organizations and was awarded the 2020 Working Mother of the Year. She enjoys making intentional fun memories with her family, Brad, Izzy, who's 11, Ethan, who's 8. They are the why and feel for everything that she does. Jenny is currently at Lily Company, and after many years of working hard to hide her unicorn horn, she realized that that's where the magic really takes place. She is now proud of being an intentional unicorn and empowers all to do the same. Welcome Mm -hmm. to American Narratives, Jenny. Uh, it begs the question what is what do you mean by an intentional unicorn intentional unicorn actually the the joke it it was a joke and then now i embraced it i went to a senior leadership training a couple years ago and one of the get to know exercise that we had to do was to draw a picture of our memoir like if we will go back and write down our memoir what would it be so we had like five minutes to do it, get colors and everything. And the first thing that came to my mind was to draw a silhouette of myself. This is like a stick figure, okay? So don't think anything fancier <laughs> than that. And then I divided in half. Like half of me was, you know, wearing like my hair was down, very professional. I had glasses, professional attire. I had heels. And the other side, I had a ponytail, all colors. And I was even like striking a, a dancing pose. And then I put a horn and I say, I'm an intentional unicorn. <laughs> I love it. No, was that we had to send this to the CEO the next day. So I was so embarrassed. But you know what I said? I'm going to embrace it. And the fact is that I, I have been able to drive two careers, one as a dancer and another one as a chemical engineer. And for the longest time, like, I felt really ashamed of sharing that other side of me because I thought that that was actually holding me back. And and then later on, in, in I realized that each part of my career was enhancing the other and that's what I say. It's amazing to embrace being unique and being a unicorn. We just need to be an intentional one. So I, I took it. I'm driving it. And that's my motto now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, it's probably, you're probably the first person I've ever met that was both a NFL cheerleader and a key leader and an engineer. I, I, to say that you're eclectic and a bit of a renaissance person would be an understatement, clearly. We'll get to that. But we need to start with your personal story. Right? Tell us, where, where do you come from? Where's your family come from? And where did you spend your formative years? Yeah, of course. I am from Puerto Rico. Thank you for mentioning that earlier. And I moved to the United States to pursue my master's degree. And I thought I was going to come back and continue to go back. You know, my whole family is in Puerto Rico. And after pursuing the master's degree, I got an opportunity to work here. And I've been here since then almost 
wow, 21 years. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, but that, that that really is a little bit, all my family is in Puerto Rico. I, I think now with the pandemic, it's been a little bit hard, right? Being far away, but thank goodness for technology that we continue to stay with that. And and now as a leader, I, I'm really happy that I stay here. It's a lot of opportunities. Uh, what I am very passionate about now is that when I look around, I just don't see many people that look like me, right? Especially in the corporate world. And if we, you look up, is that gap is even more pronounced. So that's one of my passions. You know, how can we be more visible? How can we be heard? How can we be felt? Because we have so much to give. And I think we hold back trying to fit in. And we, again, the whole thing about being intentional all the way. So that's my passion right now. I want to continue to inspire the Latinx community to really embrace their uniqueness and achieve everything they want to achieve because honestly, all the roles are open to them. We're going to be a third of the U.S. population in a matter of just a couple of years. Yes. We're not ready. We need to be ready for it. We need to be proactive about it. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, the the numbers tell us 4% of senior executives are uh, Latino, and yet you're about close to 20% of the population. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously there is a widening, yawning gap when it comes to representation at the most senior levels of organizations where you've been. Right. And so we're going to get to that. We, we need to know a little bit more about your career journey before we jump into that, though. Um, just growing up, what did you want to be? Let Tell us a little bit about what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you think you'd want to be a NFL cheerleader and uh, executive in the pharmaceutical industry? Kind of what what did you want to be and who are your major influences when when you were a teenager? I'll tell you the story that my mom tells everybody. So apparently at, at three years old, she asked me that question. What do you want to be to when you grow up? And I told her I wanted to be a lawyer, and she was super surprised because there's no lawyers in my family. I don't, I, she didn't think even I knew what that meant. And she said, well, honey, that's interesting. You know that lawyers read a lot. You need to read a lot. And, and apparently I told her, well, forget about it. I'm going to be a famous star. Saying <laughs> <laughs> that to everybody just to embarrass me. But uh, obviously the, the whole thing about, not about being a star, but like the art side has been something that I've been very passionate about. So actually when I was in junior, my junior year, I told my dad I was thinking about going to New York and go to Broadway because I'm so passionate about dancing and acting and singing. And he took it as a joke. He said, ha, ha, very nice. No, you're going to be an engineer. He's an engineer. Okay. <laughs> One of my inspirations is a um, mechanical engineer. So me, hashtag rebel, I remember telling him, okay, well, I'll be an engineer, but I'll be the opposite of you. So I'll be a chemical engineer. So honestly, I started this because I know I, I like chemistry. I like um math, but I didn't know too much about chemical engineering. I really started just, I was curious, obviously, my dad heavily influenced me to start in that career, but uh, I really liked it. I really enjoy. But what I did say is that I, I will pursue the career of chemical engineering, but I will not stop dancing. That's really what makes me happy. That's what keeps me at flow. So I was able to do both careers in parallel. So as I was a dancer, backup dancer for artists, worked on a TV show. I um, was in dance companies even before moving to the United States. I also pursued my bachelor's in chemical engineering and also my master's in chemical engineering and continue to do both in parallel. (laughs) That's so interesting. So I know it sounds like you came to the U.S. a little bit older. You were getting your master's degree. Talk to us about that. How, How was it like integrating into the U.S. society? It was difficult. <laughs> it was probably one of the toughest uh, challenges in my life in terms of transitioning. Not only was transitioning to adulthood, because to be honest with you, my uh, 
college in Puerto Rico was in my hometown, so it was not that much of a transition. So now it's a welcome to adulthood. But it was very lonely. I remember even coming really excited to that very first orientation room in the graduate school. And the, the professor in that room, he held his hand and he said, I'm sorry, this is only for graduate students. And I say, yeah, I'm in the right place. And he's like, no, you don't understand. This is only for chemical engineering students. And I show him my paper and I have the right place. Obviously, it's before phones, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he looked at me kind of odd, but I got in. And as soon as I got in, I realized I'm the only Latinx period. There's only two females. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be very interesting. And then as soon as we started, we needed to say our name and what college we came from. And I was excited thinking, oh, this is something I can say in English because English was a new language for me, right? So I was really excited and said, hey, I'm Jennifer Lopez from the University of Puerto Rico. And one of my colleagues or students rapidly said he was making fun of me. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to make fun of my name, J-Lo, I get it. And he actually said, ha, University of Puerto Rico, is that even a real university? How did he, How did you even get here? And then everybody started laughing. Nobody in that room corrected him. And again, I, with a little English I knew, I didn't know how to accurately and say something eloquently back. And I just smiled, trying to fit in again. And I said, wow, this is going to be a, a hard, really, chapter. I don't even know how I'm going to survive these two years. And the culture was different. This is not like the hugs and kisses and we're a family. We do things together. It was very lonely. I didn't have that teamwork that it was so prevalent, right, where I'm from. I remember going back and going through the books with a dictionary. This is before Google because I didn't understand the, the, the textbooks. I didn't understand what the professor was saying. And for me, like, undergrad was really easy. Now I come here and schoolwork is taking me three times the amount that it would have taken me even before because it was a new language. So it was hard, but we Latinx are resilient and we'll figure things out. Uh, I found my little outlet, which was the gym, going to group fitness classes. That's how I became a group fitness instructor. Obviously, I expanded my network and I was able to figure things out and, and got a role right in the company where I still work right now. So it was hard. But I think when I look back, I think it's the optimistic side of Latinx, right? We always say things happen for a reason. No hay mal que por bien no venga. Right. When things get hard now and I go back, I like I, I click myself saying, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. I look back and I say, hey, I was able to do that. And so I can go and do anything. And I was able to survive that. I will figure out a way. And so it, even though it was hard and, and I can go with even more details through the career, it uh, gives me now the strength that I can challenge anything. I can navigate any challenge. Well, kudos to you to new culture, new environment, lot colder, I assume, right? You're, you're now north, a little further north, a little further inland, uh, new language. Uh, and you were, showed the resilience and grit we consistently see with, with folks who have really achieved and overcame and become very inspirational for others. And great story. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thanks for asking. So you got through your, your master's degree, right? Uh, can I tell us, let's walk through your career progression, maybe a little bit of a cliff note. So where did you go once you finished your graduate degree? I did, uh, while I was doing my master's degree, I did an internship with Kraft Foods in Chicago. So that gave me the experience in the corporate world. And then I accepted an offer with the company that I'm working right now, Eli Lilly, and I've been with them almost 20 years now. It's been fantastic. So in the pharmaceutical world, I spent my first 17 years in manufacturing and quality, did any role from engineering, quality, Six Sigma Black Belt. I managed sites 
And then year 17, call me crazy, call me bold. But I had that little nagging voice behind you know, in, in, in my ear saying, like, what else outside of M&Q? And I knew that if I would have retired, only knowing one part of the whole enterprise, I would have regretted. And I am like a no regrets kind of person. So I decided to venture on the business side, which after 17 years, that's not very common, right? You do that maybe earlier in your career, but not after 17 years. And yes, I've had the blessing to now learn a new area, being a chief operating officer, leading global teams on this connected space, which is the future of the company. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but I just got a new job and I'm going to be another career change. I'm going to be leading talent acquisition and global recruiting for the whole company. That's amazing. That's, that's congratulations, Jenny. Yeah, and by the way, that's a global uh, company that going through a great deal of change with very sophisticated, uh, not a small role, a huge role that uh, you're bringing in talent to really build their future. That's yes. that's exciting. Good for you. Well, it's amazing, <laughs> amazing. Like where you've come from and where you are now, you've got to feel very gratified by that progress. I'm very excited. I am very proud. And I, I always say, I'm not telling you my career is wonderful. It's so funny because people do, do ask me, hey, come here and share your wonderful story. And it's not being wonderful. It's been bumpy, way bumpy. And if when I look back, it should not be like that. So that this is why I love opportunities like this one where I can share what I have learned so people don't have to go through that and they can accelerate that, those bumps, right? They don't have to go through them, accelerate that learning and get that courage that they need to achieve their goals. You're absolutely right. So as we think through your career progression, obviously we all have challenges or we have all made mistakes. Jenny, tell us a little bit about that. What what, what have been some of the biggest challenges or, or maybe mistakes that you've made along the way? Yes. Let me start with the, the challenges, right? Um, I do not look like or act like the typical leader or engineer, just to be honest with you, right? And part of it, I think I realize now is a lot of my Latinx journey, my Latinx heritage, but I didn't know that earlier in my career. And I always felt like that amount of pressure to fit in so much and fit in and fit in that I started to doubt myself and thinking, well, maybe if I, I wear these, if I act like this person, if I enunciate things like this person, trying to act somebody who I was not. And I think that was the biggest mistake I did because during those years, when you do that, you dim the light on all those characteristics that makes you you because you're acting somebody who you're not, right? And when I finally said, Jenny, wake up, like when actually, when you excel, it's whenever you're you, you're bubbly you, you're crazy you, people connect with that, it's different. And, and that's why you've been successful. So focus on that. So that was my biggest learning. Instead of spending all that energy trying to be somebody who I was not, I like just channel all of that to give the best of me. And once that happens, you don't have to worry about anything else, right? You're just laser focused on how you can best serve. Amazing things happen as long as you have that clarity or where you want to go and who do you want to help. Uh, and we see that with leaders all the time. They, they, at one point, they made a deep choice to be themselves, right? And whether that fit in or not was secondary to just feeling genuine, authentic. Did you find people responding to you differently, better when you kind of made that deep choice? It's better. There's a little bit of that confidence that comes whenever you're sure, okay, this is how I'm going to lead. And honestly, the other big thing was having like a big why attached to it. I didn't just do it for myself. Oh, I want to be confident. I said, I want to become that role model I didn't have. 
because I don't want people to be told things that I've been told in my career. Well, you're too bubbly. We almost didn't hire you because you were too bubbly for an engineer or to go through a performance review saying great results, but you need to dress like an engineer or Jenny, you have to be careful about first impressions because you don't look smart. I don't want anybody to have to go through that. I mean, those are the pieces of feedback that makes you doubt, right? So whenever I said that and look through that, I want to become that role model. Like, yes, you can be a Latinx. Yes, you can be a mom. And yes, you can have all these leaders uh, roles that in the past, maybe they have been characterized by as leadership look like a certain way, right? Like I, you cannot see my hands. I talk with my hands, but like a box, right? <laughs> and if you did not fit that box, then that was not available to you. I wanted to say, no, you can be outside of the box and still uh, get to those roles. Yes. No, thank you. You know, and going along with those challenges, Jenny, obviously there are some times and instances that some people find things to be unfair. Anything that throughout your career progression or your life experiences that maybe you felt that there was some unfairness? What I have learned, and again, this is now me telling you, Jenny, 21 years after, <laughs> that would be different. I think early, yeah. young Jenny would have said, well, this is not fair, and I, they just don't appreciate me, and they do this, and you start to blame. We need to stop that, right? Life will come to you, and it's what you do, what you get out of it. You you are the driver, right? If you're not appreciated in a place, then get out. You have options. Make sure you go to a place where you are appreciated, that people see your worth. And you always, always have options. Whenever we start and, and take kind of the victim role and start, you know, this is unfair or this person I'm blaming, you go in a downward spiral that you don't want to be. You want to be actually like on the re- proactive side and really drive those steps moving forward. You know, Jenny, you you are interesting in so many levels, but one is, is that you're a Latina who has very quickly moved into executive leadership in a large, global, sophisticated company. Uh, what do you attribute that to, you know? Um, I mean, how did you get from here to there? Uh, and what were kind of the lessons learned that you would want others to know and understand who may be following following your suit? For me, it's having clarity of where do you want to go. When you lose that clarity, then that's whenever things get fuzzy, and then you start going everywhere and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> so at the, from the very beginning, I think I knew that I wanted to be in a leadership role. Like I, Two things. I actually love to teach. I've always been a teacher since I, that was my first job, love to teach. So I wanted to coach people, and I love leading teams. It's something that I just started from very early years. So in manufacturing, I knew that I wanted to be a side head role. That's kind of like a cross-functional leadership role. And I actually say no to my first big promotion that somebody told me, hey, this is yours if you want it. And I say no, because I didn't see how that really fit into the big picture where I wanted to go. It was not giving me additional tools or anything that was linked to where I wanted to go. So I think having that vision of where I wanted to go, it helped me deciding, okay, yes to this role, no to this role, and when, and all of that, Right. Then when I switched careers, I started feeling again like when I from zero, right? Because now you know exactly what would you want to do in one set. Now you're in a new, another area. And honestly, and this is, you know, later in my career, I have to figure it out. What are my passions and what are my superpowers? I think having that clarity is really important. That's where I ended up in the role that I have right now. So my superpowers, this is Jenny's, right? Everybody has superpowers. I am a very authentic and inspiring leader. Uh, very good with transformations and when it requires any kind of OCM 
and cross-functional leader. So those three things are the things that come natural to me. And I have been able to have a lot of experiences to even develop them more. And my passion for improved teams to take them to levels that they didn't even know they existed and for diversity and inclusion. Like I have a job, I need to be in a job that has those two elements that they can use my superpowers. I can help them, but has those two need things that are really important to me. So I think that has helped me that clarity, clarity is key. So you would, you would tell others, have that clarity, know your passions, be committed to bringing both your genuine self to work and getting your core needs or passionate passion met. And if it's not working in one environment, find another one to play in. Right. Have options. Yeah. I, I like how you've identified your strengths and you know how powerful powerful a vision is. So I, I have to ask, because we briefly mentioned it in your intro, where did the vision or, you know, come from being, because you've been a backup dancer for Julio Iglesias, you've been an NFL cheerleader. Where, where did that come into play? Yeah, that was your parallel career path. Tell us, tell yeah. us how you got that done and, and where did that come from? All right, there are two questions there, so I'll tackle the the dance. I've been a dancer since I was started. Actually, I started as a synchronized swimmer, so I did that before I even went into the dancing stage. So I did that even competitive for Puerto Rico, and then I started dancing, and I realized how much I love. I just you know, whenever you do something and you just completely lose track of time, you're on it, you're in flow. It gives you that energy. That was dancing for me, and honestly, at some point, whenever I was in college, I, I used to go to college from six in the morning to two 30 to hop in the car, drive three hours, go and do a TV show as a dancer, then rehearsals, come back after midnight and then sleep a few hours and do it again. Monday to Friday for several years. And people said, Jenny, you're just loca. You're crazy. Like yes. how in the world, why do you have so many jobs? And I realized that, that they're not jobs. Those are the things that I'm, that I love and fill my cup. So that's the lesson I learned. Dancing was actually helping me stay at flow. You know, when you're at flow, that's whenever amazing things happen. You never accomplish anything when you're tired or like pessimistic or anything. So it was keeping me at flow, it was giving me the energy, the passion I needed to navigate through college. So that's whenever I say I need to continue to fill my cup to be able to accomplish anything. And I am still dancing. <laughs> so, so how long were you a cheerleader for? Was it the Indianapolis Colts or who, which which organization? I did it for seven years, and six of them, I was their captain, their cheerleading captain. And you want to know that story because it's super funny. Yeah, yeah of course. I In Puerto Rico, we don't have football. <laughs> so when I moved here and I started working at Lily, I remember telling a friend of mine that I wanted to go back to dancing. I was doing a lot of group fitness classes, and he said, well, the, I, I was thinking either like basketball, right? Because that's what I was used to in Puerto Rico, being like a basketball dancer. So with the pacemates and I, well, they, their auditions are later, but tomorrow the coach leaders have auditions. And I'm thinking, I don't jump. Like I don't, I'm thinking college cheerleading because that's <laughs> what I saw when I was in grad school. And they're like, no, 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 they dance. I'm like, well, okay, I'll figure it out. So there were 500 girls and I didn't know what to expect. So I'm going to ponytail, shorts, tennis shoes, sports bra. And these girls are totally produced sparkles, big makeup, big hair. And I'm like, where am I? What is this? Cause I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, oh, for a split second, I even thought about turning back to my car and I said, you know what? No, I'm here for the experience. I don't even know what football is. I'm going to go for the experience and, and just dance. That's my thing. Right. And obviously those auditions are months. And I remember after the first cut, which I made it, I went back to my engineering team and there's only two girls in the engineering team. So I told them, guys, you're not going to believe what I did. Like I, 
I went to this Colts thing, like Colts cheerleader. Like, oh my God, are we going to get tickets? Obviously, that's the only thing. <laughs> and I say, no, 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 you know what? Like, I just went for the experience. They're not going to pick me. We have to do like a football quiz. I don't know anything about football. Like, no, 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 we take care of you. Next day, they bought me, and I kid you not, Football for Dummies book. <laughs> and they sat with me the whole week at the cafeteria with M&M's. And then the blue one was Peyton Manning. And they'll be like, hey, this one, he's Peyton Manning. And I'm like, okay, who's Peyton Manning? He's oh, no. the, the quarterback. Like, I had no idea. And they taught me all the rules and everything. And I, I made, I made the, the, from 500, they picked 27 girls and the ladies that, that year. I passed the quiz. <laughs> and I, but uh, I didn't know how big of a deal that was it. Like, I just went for dancing, and I'm so thankful for that role. I did a military tour in Kosovo. A Hall of Fame game. We went to the Super Bowl. I have a Super Bowl ring. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, uh, the bonds that you form with these ladies, is, they last forever. It was an incredible experience. So I, Again, this is there. Talk about a Renaissance kind it. of person, you know. The, obviously, the dancing. The uh, then you get into manufacturing, engineering, chemical engineering side with Lily. Then decide to go be a, a leader, kind of on the broader operations leadership. Now you're going to lead. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and talent acquisition for, for Lily. Um, what? How do you make these kind of career shifts? Uh, do you do you always check in and kind of figure out is this meet my core needs? Am I like what? What's your decision criteria for deciding when to make a career shift? Like you've done at least three or four times. Yeah, I I've done it twice. I think. Either from individual, you're right, from individual contributor, when you decide, hey, I want to be in leadership, I will say that's a, a career shift. For me, that, that it was an aspiration that I had. I know that I love leading, coaching people, and I wanted to be in leadership. So for me, it was more like a common sense as the step, uh, the next step for me. In terms of the other ones, so I it just got to the point that I have always been wondering what else is out there besides M&Q. And like I told you, I said, hey, I have a really good path. Like they keep saying, hey, this is your potential. These are all the things that we're thinking that you can achieve. But I knew that if I would retire, just learning one area of the whole enterprise, I would have regret it. And I didn't want to regret that. So I started shadowing people and saying, I, I knew the areas that excited me and areas that did not excite me. And honestly, at that point, I just went with the mind of how can I expand my experience so I can even be a, a better candidate, right? Because I'm more well-rounded. Not only I have MQ, but I have the business side. But I needed to connect with the organization because when you don't love what you do, you don't do a good job. And it just coincided every time I in this particular area where I am right now before taking the new role, it was the innovative areas, how we're going to be connecting the medicine with devices and apps. And it's just the, the, the future, right? And that excited me. And I say, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of the future, the beginning, where we're all learning and making something that is so important for our patients and improving their outcomes. That's what really made me choose that one. The second one came unexpected. It's not that I thought, oh, HR is another thing in my career. The role opened up. A lot of people reached out to me. You should consider. And I went back to say, okay, let me see if this fits my core needs. Does it fit what I really look into a job, which I mentioned it was the DNI, right? The space and the transformation and what I have. Can I really help them with what I, my superpowers? Will they benefit from it? And it was a perfect combination. And I say, I don't even know what I didn't even think about this before. And I went through the interview process and, and got the role super blessed about it. 
Good. Now, Jenny, I love your enthusiasm. It looks like you're very happy in, in your new role, and you probably learn a lot more things, right? But, you know, as, as we come to a conclusion, right, what are some key lessons that you would want to share with the audience? What are some takeaways? Yes. So as I mentioned before, I want to, for this particular one, focus on the Latinx professional. We are right now invisible, and I think a lot of the things is our superpowers if we don't use them intentionally, I'm going back to my intentional unicorn, uh, they can play against us, right? So like, for example, family for us is super important. My familia, we do everything together for yes. the common good. We have a vision. Everybody works together towards that. But we tend to probably be slow at decision making, yes? Or people don't see what we bring because we don't toot our own horn. And we don't say like a toddler, mommy, mommy, look at me. Look what I did. Look, look what I said. And we are just quiet waiting for people to recognize us because we don't want to be rude. And the thing is that the self-promotion is not a bad thing. I know a lot of people feel, oh, that's not how I was raised. Actually, self-promotion was a bad thing in my culture. But think about you don't want to be the best kept secret in the world. If people don't know about you, like what are your superpowers, how can you help? How in the world can they put you in a different level or in a different place where you can help more and you can have bigger impact? So don't think about being a selfish thing. Think about I am doing this for the better good because I want to help more people. And this is why I want to bring, I, I want to be intentional with, it's not self-promotion, telling people, sharing, how can I help them? That's how I like change that mindset. And the other thing is that do not underestimate the, um, the importance of mentorship and sponsorship. I think we think that by working hard, People will notice and will take care of us because that's just part of how we are raised. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen in the real world. And unfortunately, Latinx, we're way under-sponsored. And it's because there's not a lot of us in senior leaders. But the other one is that we just wait for things to happen. And my best advice, on your career. You need to own your career. Nobody will do it for you. You go grab it, own it very intentionally and, and in, a, in a good way. I mean, know what that, that goal for you is. Have that clarity of where you want to have the most impact. Yeah. It's great sage advice uh, from somebody who's actually lived it and is living it. Cycle it forward for us. I mean, before we go here, I mean, you're still in the mid-stride of your career. You have lots of energy, lots of excitement, lots of passion, lots of things to share. Um, where do you go from here? What are some things that you'd like to do as you look at your next 20 years? I want to be my own boss. <laughs> no, I want to have my own company. Uh, I want to continue to, how can I have the best, right? The, the best impact. Um, right now I want to continue in my career and strive to, you know, again, bigger impact, bigger things. I love this new space of HR and diversity, equity and inclusion. It's a new space for me. So I know there's a ton of opportunity there. But then on the side, I'm also a speaker. I'm about to write a book very soon, which I'm super excited about it. I'm a coach. So I want to continue to grow that in parallel as well. For me, it's how can I make the best impact uh, and how to educate others so then the others can also spread the word, right, and make it like this big bubble that continues to, to grow bigger. Because there's only, if we think that it's only one person, we cannot think like that. We say, how can we share this and we can be uh, stronger together? You know, I, my guess is this is not our last interview with Jenny Lopez. No, it's I, not. I, my guess is we're... It's just the start. It's just the start of, of kind of following her story, her impact, her passion, her learnings, uh, and sharing her story, her narrative for, for the rest of our listeners. So I, I know that you've blown them away in so many ways. So thank you so much. And we're going to continue the conversation. Thank you for being with us today, Jenny. 
Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Have a great one. Thanks. American Narratives is brought to you by CMP, a minority and women-owned firm providing solutions across the full talent life cycle, from recruitment and assessment to leadership coaching and career transition solutions. To learn more, visit www.careermp.com.